0: Welcome in, everybody. It is a Friday edition of Steelman and Thune. Parker is indeed back in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, and I am out here at the one and only Riverwind Casino. Always love being out here. Plank was out here earlier. Had to run off a little bit early because the Sooner women are playing Kansas at 1 o'clock in softball today. The baseball team playing Kansas also at Mitchell Park today at 1230. So we've got games that were moved up because of the weather for the Sooner baseball team, Skip Johnson and company, and uh, Patty Gasso in our powerhouse, number one. We've won 34 straight. Softball team will be hosting Kansas today as well. That will be coming up at 1 o'clock, 1230 for Oklahoma, Kansas in baseball. Here at Riverwind where there's always something happening, over 2,800 electronic games. You've got the best selection of electronic games. You've got the best table games, a tremendous poker room. You've got off-trap bedding you've got everything out here you have a world-class hotel attached to the casino tremendous restaurant options as well we are now over by chips and ales pub restaurant great little place great menu won't miss a game there it is spectacular River Buffet is over to my left. That's a great place to go have a great meal, great, uh, you know, Friday night selection, steak night, all your favorite side dishes, great dessert bar, seafood night on a Saturday, great brunch on Sunday. They have a tremendous food court. We have concerts outdoors and indoors. Beats and Bites is coming back. Beats and Bites is back again. We've had Beats and Bites even during the pandemic. Uh, and it's back again beginning on May 27th, the first show out, 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult in June, Gin Blossoms and Tonic, July 8th. Don't forget, that's also a time when we'll have a great fireworks show uh, after the show. Mark Chestnut, Shannon Della, Tracy Bird, Gary Allen on August 26th. Those tickets are 10 bucks. Get them online at riverwind.com or at the Showplace Theater box office. And I'm super excited again because we have shows back indoors now as well, beginning in June, June 23rd, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, in July, Collective Soul and Josh Turner, Gabriela Iglesias, the great comedian, Dwight Yoakam, and uh, Counting Crows in August. And then we have REO Speedwagon in Chicago uh, coming up uh, in September. And my man Colin here in the uh, Promotions Marketing Department is writing me a note. We might have some new news. New shows. Ah, there we go. We got we have even more shows added to the calendar, so we're going to break some news here for the Showplace Theater here in a minute. Colin's got a smile on his face. Maybe it's a Zeppelin reunion show. Who knows? Maybe. You never know, but Colin appears to be very happy. You don't want to break this news right now? Can you break it on the air? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll tease it. Okay, he'll tease it. He's going to tease us real quick. Jump on this headset. We'll get you ready to go. Colin, how you doing? How's every day? It's going good. How are you? Good. Uh, all right. So you came by. I could see because of the smile on your face <laughs> that you've got some good news. Was uh, I giving it away? Is that uh, obvious? Uh, a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so more shows coming to the show place. Can you announce the bands
1: yet? Or? So we're officially announcing on Monday. Okay. The shows will go on sale next Friday. I can give a little teaser.
0: Just give us a song. You don't have to give us the band name. Okay. So it's no joke. But it feels like the first time we've had a country boy here. Okay. All right. So take with that All right. what you will, decipher it. There you go. I, I got hey, my code. We've got a very bright audience out there, <laughs> so I know they can do it. And. Uh, it's super exciting that we've got the Showplace Theater back. I know Beats and Bites has been incredible. Think about the bands we've had. We had Cheap Trick, a Hall of Fame rock and roll band out here. We had Night Ranger and Starship. Shay and I went to see that show. Really enjoyed it last awesome. year. Really good stuff. And uh, so, like I said, we've got outdoor shows now. And for the first time in over three years, we're about to have indoor
1: shows again. Super excited about that one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's just the start. It's just the start, right? We've got a lot more shows coming up. And uh, the Showplace Theater is a great concert venue. So, all right, so be waiting for a new announcement again on Monday. Yep. Do we have multiple shows or just one? It will be multiple shows. So I've hinted at several different artists in that cryptic message. There you did. Yes, you did. All right, Colin, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you. Colin does a great job in promotions and marketing. He's a big music guy himself. And, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, he is uh, one of the guys who brings the bands here. So if you love the band selection here, at Beats and Bites in the Showplace Theater, my man Colin is the guy to thank. All right, uh, Parker Thune, how are we doing today? Well,
2: Steely, it's Friday. We're on the precipice of the yes. weekend. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to not have anywhere to be this weekend, more
0: so than any anything else right now. I know that that's a rarity for you, so you've got to be excited. There's nothing wrong with a little R&R and taking it easy, right? And you're going to be able to do that. I know you've got a wedding to plan and all that stuff, so I'm sure you have some things going on, but that's, uh, that's a good situation for you. All right, we talked the other day about the Sooners' newest commitment, Zion Kearney, four-star wide receiver, Willow Ridge, Texas, just outside the uh, Houston area, great high school football in Houston, and uh, he is a four-star kid and a great landing spot in Norman, Oklahoma, for Zion Kearney. And uh, we talked about, you know, just what Image Jones has done here recently, uh, the Sooners' new wide receiver coach, and that is being noticed by people all through the recruiting world, obviously. Sam Spiegelman, national recruiting analyst for On3,
1: talking about how the Sooners landed Zion Kearney. Yeah, you can credit Emmett Jones. That's Oklahoma's new wide receivers coach. He's from the state of Texas. He is going to be a major lift to Brent Venables and his staff. Obviously, we saw what they did last cycle getting five stars like Jackson Arnold and and Peyton Bowen from the state of Texas, among others. Expect them to even dial in even more at the wide receiver position, with with Kearney being the first of, of possibly a few Texas receivers that Emmett Jones is after for the Sooners.
2: It's really starting to get exciting for Sooner recruiting. So Sam, who do you think could be next to commit to Oklahoma at the wide receiver position?
1: Yeah, I I logged my RPM for five-star wide receiver, Brian Wesco. He's a top target for this staff, especially, like I said earlier, for Emmett Jones and the state of Texas. Um, He has family, he has an older sister that attends OU, and he's already been there more than any other campus so far. LSU and TCU are two other teams still heavily in the mix with Wesco. And I don't think a decision is is anytime soon. But if you're if he had to make a decision, he was just at the OU spring game. That's multiple times this spring alone. I think right now Oklahoma is in that pole position.
0: There you go. And a lot of that is what Parker's been saying, obviously, but clearly Emmett Jones, man, he's been a home run hire for OU. And uh, if they had Bryant West go to this mix. And, again, as you've talked about, as you just heard from Sam Spiegelman, that is the expectation right now. Look, it's never easy, and you can never totally bank on, yeah, we got this five-star in the bank. But uh, what a job he's done thus far. Man, he's been a great, great hire. And you talked about early when he landed on the staff that this was going to pay big dividends for OU. And so far, yes, absolutely it has.
2: Well, And another thing that we've talked about throughout the week, Steely, is that we're not too far away from Emmett Jones getting on the board in the class of 2025 either. So in less than four months on the job at Oklahoma, Emmett Jones has already been able to recruit just as effectively, if not more so, than any assistant on Oklahoma's staff. And I think we've kind of lost context for the sizable shoes that Emmett Jones had to fill. Being next in line after Cale Gundy, being the next permanent wide receivers yeah. coach at the University of Oklahoma after a character like Cale Gundy with how much Gundy means to the University of Oklahoma, how long he'd been there, what his reputation was as a recruiter and as a developer of talent. Emmett Jones was stepping into some pretty big shoes, and he hasn't yet coached a game at Oklahoma, so it's probably too early to say that it's – well – I mean, it's, it's certainly not too early to say that he's an effective recruiter. It's probably too early to say that he's going to be everything that Cale Gundy was, but it seems that things are mm-hmm. definitely trending in that direction based on what we've seen so far from Jones this offseason.
0: Yeah, and, and we, we can't evaluate him here as a coach yet, but certainly as a recruiter, he looks uh, looks outstanding. and. Brennan Thompson, obviously the Texas speedster coming from the Longhorns to Norman. Let's hear from JD Piquel on his show talking about what the Sooners are getting in one Brennan Thompson. Brennan Thompson. Speedster. Four-star kid
2: has 3 years left of eligibility. 5 foot 10, 168 pounds. but he I mean out of high school, he was top 20 in the country in the 100 and 200 meters translation my dude is very very fast he's going to be a vertical threat for Oklahoma again transferring from Texas to Oklahoma Oklahoma wide open offense under Jeff Lebby they're looking for a wide receiver to step up they got some guys that are excited about but quite frankly there's still a lot of football for receivers to make a case to get and I think Brendan Thompson is going to fit very very nicely there or at least have a chance to make a case for himself to get some very real PT
0: Yeah, and Tyler was uh, saying the other day, you know, talking to Mike Brooks, who is an encyclopedia of Oklahoma football, that Mike Brooks believes this is the fastest kid to ever put on a pair of cleats for the University of Oklahoma. And there have been some fast ones. But Brennan Thompson, he believes, would be the fastest of that group. And, uh, you know, one catch, 32 yards at Texas. Now you think about what Texas had at wide out with Xavier Worthy and uh, Jordan Whittington. Uh, they had a pretty deep, uh, you know, core of receivers there. And, uh, you know, you, you look at that production and say, well, okay, this kid may have speed, but one catch, 32 yards at Texas. You have to look beyond that, though. And I'm not saying the kid's going to be an unbelievable you know, player and Bolitnikoff contender at OU, but you can't overlook that speed And certainly this roster right now in Oklahoma, we think Jalil Farouk is is the one guy. He certainly is right now. We know that Drake Stoops is really reliable, tough as nails, great story, all of that. But they still need some help at that position because roles have yet to be totally defined there. We didn't see Nick Anderson in the spring game. We saw Jaden Gibson have a disappointing spring game. But, and we saw D.J. Graham maybe make himself even more of a factor than we thought he would be, but certainly there's some opportunities there within that receiving core.
2: Well, and one thing the Oklahoma receiving core has lacked the last few years is downfield speed, and Marvin Mims was kind of the notable exception ever since his breakout as a true freshman in 2020. He was the one guy that could get behind a defense, make some stuff happen, but Beyond Mims, there was nobody, and there hasn't been anybody in that Oklahoma receiver room, in the over the last few seasons that you really worry about getting behind you and burning you deep. Mario Williams could have been that guy, a if he'd stuck around at Oklahoma, and b if Mule Shoe had used him in a more expanded role than pretty much just screens. And uh... Mario Williams was a guy that was used primarily. Uh, in the short passing game more so than as a downfield weapon so anytime you can have a guy beyond your very obvious wide receiver one i.e hollywood brown cd lamb marvin mims that can stretch the field and be a downfield threat for defenses it just makes things all the more difficult when it comes to defending your passing attack
0: All right, so uh, update on Sooner recruiting right there. Two more uh, names in the portal for the Sooner football program, Jamarian Burt, the cornerback, and Devon Harmon, the safety, entering the portal, no surprise uh, with those two guys. So that makes four for Oklahoma, Corey Roberson, Jaden Davis, Jamarian Burt, and Devon Harmon all in the portal for Oklahoma. All right, more recruiting talk coming up, more Sooner football conversation. 405-651-3439 on the text line. Also want to thank Tim Lasher and his great company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company, and uh, happy to have them aboard still sponsoring our first hour. Friday at Riverwind, what gets better than that? Well, maybe your texts. We'll get to those and more Sooner football info. Coming up next. Back here with you, the one, the only Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Mike Steele here at Riverwind. Over 2,800 electronic gaming machines. Our man uh, Trevor LaFoon is out here. Every time he hits up a machine, he leaves with uh, a lot of cash. I see it all the time. I see it happening all the time. And he's here again. He's never offered me like a 20 or anything out of that whole stack of cash he leaves with. All right, uh, Riverwind Casino, great activities all the time. Friday night, want to come out and have a great meal, Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant. I am right over here by Chips and Ales. Not a bad seat in the house. You want to watch the game. We have uh, two NBA games tonight, 7 o'clock and 9.30, both on ESPN. The Kings at Golden State. Warriors with a chance to close that out at home. Memphis at the Lakers, 9.30 on ESPN. Lakers with a chance to close out the Grizzlies. At home tonight as well, so you can watch games out here at Chips and Ales. They've got individual TVs at your booths, which is really cool. River buffet tonight, steak night. They've got a great food court, always great dining options here at Riverwind Casino. Oh, say, we uh, we talked about again uh, the Sooners and what Emmett Jones has done in recruiting, and uh, we know it looks like Xavier Robinson, the Carl Albert running back, would be the next commitment you would think for Oklahoma, and then after that, we'll have to wait and see. But Parker, what always sets a class apart, and again, the Sooners have, what, four four-stars and uh, two three-stars right now. And all you have to do is look at a guy like Isaiah Autry's offer list, Alabama and others, to know that this guy is probably going to be moving up to four-star status um, this season at some point. But if you can get those five stars is the icing on the cake, that can push you over the edge. What happened last year with – P.J. and Jackson Arnold and Peyton Bowen. You get three five stars. You end up with the number four class in the country. That's kind of living in the same neighborhood, obviously, it's like Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, everybody who's been recruiting at a high level, and certainly Bama and Georgia have been those two schools most recently. So, again, five stars are hard to uh, to close. Usually takes a while, a lot longer in the recruiting process, but. The Sooners right now, you would think, still in line, potentially to get three five-stars in this class, correct? With Wesco, with uh, David Stone, and with uh, Will Nairi.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I would say three five-stars is probably the, well, I I guess you can't really set it at an even number, set it at 2.5 for the over-under as far as five-stars in this class for Oklahoma, but... They lead for all three of those guys right now. Obviously, closing on five stars is an entirely different animal than simply putting yourselves in good position to land five stars. But with Stone having a lot of Oklahoma ties, with Bryant Wesco having a lot of Oklahoma ties, and with Will Nguyenary having plenty that's pulling him to Oklahoma as well, I do like Oklahoma's chances to hit the over on 2.5 five stars. And I do think there's – there's not much of a chance any of those three guys loses five-star status this fall. There may be a target or two that rise into five-star territory for Oklahoma, but those three guys are going to remain five stars across the industry.
0: Yeah, yeah, all uh, top ten national players. You look at – we talked about Wesco for a wide receiver at number nine in the last 247 ratings. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Devon Mitchell, again, reclassifying to this class, the Sooners lead in the tight end, out of uh, Los Alamitos, California, by the way of uh, Allen, Texas, where he played with Mike Hawkins, of course, the OU quarterback commit. But um, So he would be down to a four-star situation in the 2024 class. But who might be a couple prospects that could work their way up to five-star status, potentially, uh, you know, in the fall? I would look
2: at Joseph Jonah Jonier first and foremost. That's a guy that... Feels a little bit like PJ, and that he's got some really special measurables, and his film's kind of just starting to make the rounds, where uh, people are beginning to take notice of him nationally. He's knocking on the doorstep of the top 100 in the 24/7 Sports Composite. Uh, I I tend to believe that if there is somebody that's legitimately in the mix for Oklahoma right now that moves up into five star territory it's probably a defensive lineman like Jonah Jonier. So that would be number one in my eyes. And I'll be interested to see if Oklahoma can make a legitimate run at Kobe Black, the five-star corner out of Waco. I don't think they get him in the end, but Jay Vilay is working all the angles there to try and make that happen.
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting again, and uh, I know a lot of Sooner fans have their eyes on Todd Bates, and we have the, the Todd Bates crowd out there, you know, close some of these kids. And uh, the Sooners didn't a year ago. And uh, you hope in the four that we've been talking about uh, with Stone, with Winery, with Zadavian Sims, and with Nigel Smith that they close at least two of those guys and maybe more. So, um, you know, Todd Bates was was close last year. A lot of warning track shots. Didn't hit the home run. Uh, still did it. You know, I think Derek LeBlanc and some of the guys they brought in went pretty good. And they were right there. But they need to close these deals. All right. 405-651-3439. We've got Caden McFarland, Mule Shoes' new best friend, coming up in the next segment. We'll tell you all about that if you haven't heard about it. But let's get some text in right now off our text line. Patrick says, just tuned
2: in. Casey Thompson's in the portal. Uh, Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, how about that? Man, new coach there at Nebraska and Matt Rule. Uh, Casey Thompson, you talk about well-traveled now. Uh, You know, and it's amazing. There were so many opportunities where it looked like he was going to land at Oklahoma, and it never worked out. You know, imagine, and look, Oklahoma's sales pitch last year looked like, was going to be, yeah, Dylan Gabriel is going to be our starter. I don't know. It's Casey Thompson could have completely – I think he could have competed with Dylan Gabriel. I don't think there's any doubt about it. We saw what he did in the Cotton Bowl that one year. He does have some talent, but, man, you, you always thought he would somehow, you know, we thought initially he was going to be at OU for a while, and then he ends up at Texas, and then we thought, okay, well, maybe he will come back or get find his way to Norman. It just never happened. So, um We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen there. I wonder uh, – Bama, of course, has their their guy now from Notre Dame coming through the portal. Um, but I wonder what's going to happen with – I wonder, you know, who might have – if had he might have been a little more patient, and I don't know what you can do right now, but how about Spencer Sanders if he had been at Alabama? Now, I know he's been a turnover machine at times, but at times he also looks really good. But uh, – the portal has just changed the whole dynamic of college football,
2: yeah, and there were, there were several folks that took to Twitter to stump for Casey Thompson to go to Oklahoma State and complete the rivalry trifecta, obviously <laughs> Dad Charles yeah. played at Oklahoma back in the day, and what if Casey, in the over the course of his collegiate career, played for Texas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma State. but I tend to think it 's going to be auburn for Casey Thompson if i 'm just reading the TV yeah, so they need a quarterback. They were interested in him when he first hit the portal last year, and it wouldn't be sho- I-, I would not be shocked if he lands there.
0: Yeah, that that seems to be the word right now. But yeah, Casey Thompson in the portal, and um, you know, it, it's amazing. Again, that uh, seems like these kids can play for years and years and years, and then you throw that COVID year in. You know, it's crazy, and they can uh, they can be playing college football for a long, long time. All right, we're going to take a break right here. I am here at the one and only Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Uh, I see our uh, GM, Justin, is here. Uh, So it's official that uh, it is a great Friday here at Riverwind Casino, as it always is. All right, we'll go to the Riverwind Hotline when we get back. Cade McFarland will join us, Channel 2 in Tulsa. He made an interesting prediction the other day. We'll tell you all about it when we get back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Riverwind Casino. It is a Friday edition of Steel Man and Thune. As always, I'm happy to be out at the uh, best casino experience in Oklahoma City. Voted year after year after year after year in every Reader's Choice poll, Riverwind Casino. And ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the Riverwind Casino hotline is the number one Mule Shoe fan in the country, Mr. Caden McFarland. Hey, how are we doing? Man. Doing
3: well. And I'm, I'm ready. Fight song.
0: I know. Well, we changed it up for you today because you made a prediction on Twitter the other day. And it, for, I, I expected you to get a little more blowback. You got some. I, I haven't checked in the last eight, ten hours or so. But when you looked and surveyed the landscape of college football, and particularly the quarterback situation with the real – you know, Blue Bloods that have been winning championships. You made a very bold prediction that what's going to happen? You think SC's winning it all? You know,
3: I do. I just, for weeks now, this has been rattling around in my head. You know, and I I just, Notre Dame's got Ohio State and USC coming to South Bend, and they, they go to Clemson. Those are the three toughest games. And I know that most Notre Dame fans think, you know, beating Ohio State, beating the Buckeyes for the first time in forever, um, would be the biggest win possible on that schedule. And I, I just don't think that's the most difficult game. Uh, the more I look at it, I've, I've seen this Lincoln-Riley offense and how clever it is. And you know what? It, leading, going back and getting all the Kyler Murray highlights that we got as his statue was going to be unveiled last week in Norman, I watched him and just was reminded of how brilliant he was, right? How well he played the quarterback position. At the time he left, I think I just thought, can you do it any better than 4,300 yards passing and a thousand yards rushing? And if I'm being completely honest, I, I think Caleb Williams is the best college quarterback I've ever seen. And, you know, having seen the guys that have come through Norman for the last 15 years, I mean, that is saying a mouthful. And I, I just think Lincoln Riley plus Caleb Williams, they don't need that defense to improve by much. And nobody knows that better than the folks who watch the Sooners, right? I mean, if, if in 17 or 18, the defense had just been okay, I think most of us think "Oh, you would have beaten anybody in their way. Mm-hmm. And so yep. it looks like Alabama. I mean, Alabama just took Notre Dame's backup quarterback. I mean, are we prepared to tell our kids about a world where Alabama needs Notre Dame's backup quarterback? I don't even know how to make sense of that. So clearly the quarterback situation is not great in Tuscaloosa. The other guy you're worried about, obviously, is, is Georgia. And, look, if you want to argue with me that USC is in no position uh, just in terms of overall strength and talent to go toe-to-toe with Georgia, I think you can make a compelling case, no doubt. But a three-peat, has it ever been done? I, I want—I mean, I don't know how far back we would have to go uh, in college football history to find somebody who three-peated. So I, I don't – and, you know, with Stetson Bennett leaving – I don't love Georgia's chances of being at the same level we've seen the last couple of years. That leaves the door open for somebody, and as much as I hate it, and I do hate it, Mike, I hate it. Uh, I, I just, I, how, how many points would Alabama or Georgia's offense have to score to beat Caleb Williams if he's healthy? 42? I, he, you're starting from a position of real strength. And, and here, let me also say this, and this may appease some of the OU fans out there. I do think that Lincoln Riley has a real weakness as a coach, and it has to do with probably you know the strength and conditioning program and just the overall culture. We saw in Norman that what he inherited was a whole lot better and stronger than what he left for Brent Venables, and that wasn't only because Caleb Williams left. The program had atrophy uh, to some extent. I, I don't doubt that that sort of thing can happen again in Southern California. Uh, that he'll recruit the kind of kids that go for glitz and glam and maybe don't work to the extent that they do down south. But I don't think that's taken hold just yet. You know, and I, I think this will be the best offense in the country with the best quarterback in the country. And the defense, you know, is bringing in some guys from the portal. And, yeah, it it strikes me. If if I'm looking at the Vegas odds, I think USC's fifth in terms of title odds. They look like the, the best value bet, if you will, to win the national championship. They, and they I really, like- really hope that's a freezing cold take.
0: It looks like the door is more cracked open for somebody else. And when you've got Caleb Williams, you've got a chance. And I understand that USC needs to improve by leaps and freaking bounds on defense. They did get Bear Alexander. But I think what you're saying, Parker, and I want to get your take, obviously, that, that the opportunity is there when you think about Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, what they're looking at quarterback-wise. Now, again, they've got better overall rosters, no doubt, than Southern yep. Cal. But SC also has a quarterback who's head and shoulders above any of those other quarterbacks in those programs right now.
3: No, yeah, no question. Uh, yeah, and I, I'd love to hear what Parker had to say, too, because he gave me a little bit of a funny look when I said this on Saturday after the OU spring game. And I think it does take people a second to kind of let that soak in – Look, I could be wrong. Like I said, I hope it is a freezing cold take. And what we saw from Alex Grinch's defense one year ago was a complete joke. It was completely inexcusable. I thought it could not possibly get worse than what we saw in the Pac-12 title game against Utah. And then somehow it did get worse against Tulane in a game that they should have had won. Mm -hmm. The defense just absolutely gave it away. They have a long way to go. But I do think about that 2020 OU defense, which wasn't bad which was actually kind of good. Um, you know, I, I think he came in and for whatever reason must have had, I, I don't know, it, to be honest, I can't, make, I can't make any sort of defense for what Alex Grinch did last year. But I'll say this, it can't possibly be worse. And they won 11 games with maybe the worst defense that any team at USC's level could possibly field. If they get even just a little bit better, I think we get into that territory of 2017-2018 OU where I, it, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, we heard from Venable's right? Uh, the day Kyler's statue was, was unveiled, he, he basically said, we wanted Bama and Tua as opposed to Kyler and the Sooners. Now, was he being completely truthful there? Maybe, maybe not, but... I mean, that, that says a lot. And I, I think that Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, that those teams might say the same thing this year about Caleb Williams and that USC offense.
2: Well, here's what I will say, Caden. I agree with you 100%. Obviously, I'm younger than you are. I'm younger than most who are engaging in this conversation. But Caleb Williams is the best college quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, the kid can do things that are borderline otherworldly. That said, shoe as he has come to be known around these parts, was the architect of two of the most unstoppable offenses in the modern era of college football in both 2017 and 2018. And they both got exposed in the college football playoff, not because they couldn't score, but because they couldn't defend. And so to me, that is always going to be the Achilles heel, regardless of how much talent there is on the offensive side of the football. Defense still wins championships. And... You're going to have to make a few stops. You're going to have to force a few turnovers. You're going to have to be able to hold your own against the elites of college football if you want to play for it and win a national championship. And I just think it's too much to ask. Even though USC did win 11 games last year, it's too much to ask for that program to take enough of a defensive leap that they go from losing to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl to a year later winning a national championship. But the mule shoe discourse aside – Caden, let's get, let's get your thoughts on another topic of conversation here before we got to let you go here in a few minutes. But Anton Harrison, the only Sooner off the board last night in the first round of the NFL draft, the first ever first-round draft pick for Bill Biedenbow at the University of Oklahoma. What do you think Harrison's selection in the first round does for the narrative at Oklahoma and especially for Biedenbow as a recruiter and developer of talent?
3: He's as good as there is. And look, you gotta, you gotta have success in the pros. It's not just sending the guys off to the NFL. And it, it, even though it hasn't been first rounders, I think surely that numbers bigger than anybody else in the country, save maybe Bama, I guess. I know Notre Dame has really, really good offensive lines, and they're a couple behind what Beanbo's done in his time uh, as Sooner's offensive line coach. It just continues to, I think, solidify in the minds of the kids who see themselves as potentially NFL offensive linemen, uh, that this is a place you can go and get coaching at, at, at the very highest level. Uh, and, I, and I think Jacksonville's a great spot for Anton. And look, because the season was a struggle, you know, I don't know that I paid attention to... It, it, it didn't pop off the screen to me that Anton Harrison was a great lineman in the way it did with, say, Creed Humphrey. And part of that was because it was it was a 6-7 and seven team, right? And you just maybe don't look quite as long and hard as the things that are good when the overall, you know, result is a loss, but watching that guy work out and then seeing some of the clips compiled uh, of what he was able to do. I mean, he is, there's a reason he went round one. Uh, it's incredible that he would be the first uh, because there have been other, in, you know, incredible linemen come through uh, in Norman, uh, but athletically, he is everything you want, and if he's got his head on straight and he's willing to work and everything else, I think he's in a great spot uh, with a great quarterback, and I think, you know, what's going to be a really great NFL offense for the next few years, he couldn't have gone to a better place, and uh, it, that only helps the Sooners program, no question, because already being both established, is one of the best there is, and, you know, I don't, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And the fact that the fact that he's still there and DeMarco's still there, it, it that's, there's some really great stuff um, going on with regard to the way Brent has built this staff. I just I, they are good everywhere, um, you know, and especially on the lines. Let's put it that way, right? With Bates and and I like there aren't many programs in the country better. Uh, when you get into the living rooms of some of the top kids, there aren't coaches that you would trust more, uh, and that's that's a really great place for this program to be.
0: Caden, we appreciate your time. Hope you have a great weekend. We will talk again soon. Thank you. You bet. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Parker. Caden McFarland joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. That's where I am on this Friday, getting you ready for the weekend, one, the only Riverwind Casino. We will have Brandon Drum joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline coming up during uh, the 1 o'clock hour at one thirty-five. talking more Sooner Football Recruiting. All right, let's break right here. 405-651-3439, that's 405-651-3439, our text line. We'll get to your texts when we get back here on the ref. All right, welcome back. Mike Steele with you here at the one and only Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Just saw the uh, great GM out here, Justin taking care of business as always we had colin over here telling us uh for marketing promotions that uh, we'll have some new shows announced for the showplace theater coming up on monday morning so get ready in addition to the great lineup we have uh, beginning in june june 23rd with earth wind and fire that's right we have shows back in the showplace uh three years removed from shows at the showplace theater but they are coming back in july we have collective soul josh turner Gabriel Iglesias, the comedian and in August we have Dwight Yoakam, Counting Crows on the uh, Showplace Theater stage. In September, REO Speedwagon and Chicago. All right, it's going to be uh, it's going to be awesome to have shows back at the Showplace Theater. All right, uh, Parker, why don't we close out with some text this hour? Brandon Drum next hour uh, at one thirty-five on the Riverwind Casino Hotline on this Friday. But let's uh, let's hear what the Ref Army has to say from
2: the nine one eight. If the Smelly Pirate Hooker wins a natty. I will lather myself with honey and run straight into a beehive.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. I don't think I can handle it. Look, I, I'm with you. I've got to see it to believe it. But the one thing that Caden's right about is that there's a better opportunity. Now, again, Lincoln Riley and certainly Alex Grinch, a huge, the, the big factor in that is they just haven't been able to get it done on that side of the ball. And um, But, again, guess what? Bryce Young may not be there. C.J. Stroud may not be there. But And I know Georgia and, and Bama, they always lose defensive guys to the NFL, but they reload on that side of the football all the time. And I'll, I think they'll find a way to move the football pretty effectively. But, again, if there's one guy who could even – overcome a bad defense and i know sc got bear alexander they get some people in the portal all of that but it might be caleb williams he's that special uh greg
2: from lawton says the sc defense can't get worse we are talking about grinch imagine if they don't get all those lucky turnovers last
0: year it
2: can get worse we'll see
0: yeah i mean it could absolutely it could somehow so the uh, best news of the offseason uh, for my sanity is that Alex Grinch came back. That was great. From the 708, this
2: is some really good uh, advanced metrics courtesy of ESPN. In the first 5 USC games of 2022, there were 9 fumbles and the Trojans recovered all 9. Fumble recoveries revert to 50% over a long enough period of time but USC got mm-hmm. to an 11 and 1 record by having recovered 18 of 23 78 their turnover
0: margin yeah was while unbelievable it,
2: and here's here's one more while a team typically intercepts about one pass for every four pass breakups their regular season ratio
0: was 1 to 1.9 yeah, it was. I was talking about that early in the season last year. There were teams like uh, Rice in their opening game. Rice was moving the ball up and down the field on them, and then they get inside like the ten yard line and fumble or throw a pick or something like that. USC had this turnover margin that was absolutely unbelievably, uh, you know, in their favor. And, look, I, I, some of that's got to be luck, obviously. But the one thing that Alex Grinch, all, Alex Grinch always talked about at OU was getting the ball back. Takeaways. They rarely happen at OU, but, I mean, they got them in bunches last year. That's the one thing they were able to do on defense is get those TOs. Let's
2: see what else we have on the text line. Patrick says, Cameron rising to Trajan Bridges to defeat Muleshoe.
0: Yes. That would be awesome. That would be nice. Yeah, Trajan Bridges uh, headed to uh, play for the Utes. OFU, Oklahomans for Utah. Is that,
2: is that official? He's going to Utah?
0: I, I thought I saw that. I know uh, he's – didn't he send out a pick with uh, in the Utah Uni? And I thought it was a done deal, but maybe it's not completely done. But I, I had heard they were leading on him. But maybe I just saw the pick and thought it was a done deal. Sooner Gundy says the
2: Sooners had one of the most prolific offenses in history in 2017, and Georgia shut them down second half and won the hand with Fromm as their quarterback. I'm not buying what McFarland is selling.
0: Yeah, and if you ask me if I'm going to buy it, I'm not going to buy it. But where I think he is uh, headed in the right direction thought-wise is that the door is cracked a little more open. Now, whether or not a team like SC, you know, with with Muleshoe at the helm, could walk through that door and actually close the deal, I've got to see it to believe it. So I'm with most of our uh, OU fans on this deal. From the 405, USC couldn't even win their own league last
2: year. Why, you might ask? Because Utah got physical with them both times, which resulted in USC losing. So what do you think Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson are going to do to them? Yes, offense is great, but when the other team picks you up and sticks you in their pocket, you ain't got nothing to do because they don't throw
0: kettlebells around where they come from. (laughs) Oh, man. that's Yeah, Uh, like I said, the Utah games and the Tulane game were the most enjoyable games of the year last year in college football, particularly down the stretch in the Pac-12 game. When, I mean, Utah was just running through that. I mean, it was like a bulldozer, you know, late in the game. So, like I said, we owe uh, the Utes a debt of gratitude and Kyle Whittingham a plaque somewhere at the University of Oklahoma for service to the Sooner Nation last year. And Tulane as well. All right, we got to get out of here for hour number one. I appreciate all the texts. We have Brandon Drum coming up next hour. A lot more Sooner football conversation on the way here on this Friday. It's 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 the weekend. I love it. Stay with us. Another hour on the way. You're with us right here on the home of Sooner fans. Jumping into hour number two here on the Ref. Mike Steeley along with Parker Thune, I'm here at the one, the only Riverwind Casino. Always uh, enjoy being out here on Fridays. Love uh, the crew out here at Riverwind. There's always something to do. Friday night, seafood night on Saturday night, but tonight is steak night at River Buffet, and it is a very popular night. And uh, the food choices out here at Riverwind. There are many of them. I'm in front of Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant right now. Another great place to come have a great meal. Tremendous little menu here at Chips and Ales. They've got TV screens at every individual booth. So if you want to watch, let's say, the NBA doubleheader tonight with Sacramento at Golden State at 7 o'clock and then the uh, Grizzlies at the Lakers tonight at 9.30, Chips and Ales is here, and it's a great place. Uh, Also, they have a bar area. You can watch uh, the games as well. Tremendous food court also here at Riverwind Casino. Another reason why they are simply the best. They have all the best games, uh, over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, a big-time poker room, off-track betting. They've got it all. Big-time hotel attached to the casino. We have uh, concerts indoors and outdoors. Outdoors, beginning with Beats and Bites, May 27th, Blue Oyster Cult and uh, 38 Special, in the Beats and Bites stage outdoors. Uh, bring your folding chairs, bring the kids. It's a kid-friendly environment. Uh, get ready to see all the best local food trucks out there. It's a tremendous environment at these outdoor shows in June. We have the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then August 26th, the music of Gary Allen at Beats and Bites 2023, presented by Coop Ale Works here at Riverwind. And then, as I said, the indoor shows are back at the Showplace Theater, starting it off. Earth, wind, and fire. June 23rd, Collective Soul in July on July 21st. Josh Turner, July 28th. Comedian Gabriel Iglesias, July 29th. Dwight Yoakam, August 19th. The Counting Crows, August 25th. Then shows in September. REO Speedwagon, September 8th. Chicago, September 15th. And more to come. Colin, our man over in promotions, let us know that... These shows will be coming Monday. One classic rock band, one comedian, and one country star coming up. All right, they'll announce those on Monday, but get ready to get online at Riverwind.com. All right, all right, Parker, uh, NFL Draft, Antoine Harrison went number 27 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's hear what Anton Harrison had to say to Sooner Nation after being selected in the first round last night. I just want to give a shout-out to Sooner Nation uh, for supporting me since day one, since I got to Oklahoma, uh, young kid from D.C., uh, just being behind me, uh, rooting for me and the guys on the field week in and week out. Then I want to uh, really say thank you to Coach B for everything he's done for me, um, recruiting me from D.C., and just being on me Coaching me hard, teaching me things, everything I need to know to get where I am today. So a lot of this is because of you. So I just want to thank everybody and definitely thanks to the nation and Coach B. There you go. Great situation for Anton Harrison. We were wondering would he be late first round? Would he be early second round? Maybe he'd be picked tonight early on. Draft coverage resumes at six o'clock tonight. But what a great situation for Anton Harrison and uh, for you know OU. Uh, with that first-round pick, seeing a lineman go in the first round, uh, obviously that is a, a, a boost to your recruiting, I would think. Uh, everybody thinks about the quarterbacks, the running backs, wide receivers, the skilled people, maybe the rush and everything. Sometimes picking an offensive lineman isn't super sexy, but guess what? It all help, also helps you a bunch in recruiting. And you talk about what Oklahoma has in the NFL right now offensive line-wise. You know what? Fred Williams and Lane Johnson and Orlando Brown and Creed Humphrey and others. I mean that's a pretty good selling point for Bill Beedenbough Parker. Bill Beedenbough finally
2: has a first round draft pick, which is kind of astonishing that it's mm-hmm. taken this long for him to it get is. one when you consider how many of his linemen have had great success at the NFL level. And for instance, if you were to redraft the 2021 NFL draft field, I would guess Creed Humphrey is easily one of the top 20 picks off the board. There are probably plenty of NFL organizations that wish they would have taken Creed Humphrey with a first-round selection that year. But the final monkey is finally off Bill Beatenbow's back. I will say, Steely, the dumbest take that I've seen in the aftermath of Anton Harrison being selected 27th overall and becoming Bill Beatenbow's first-ever first-round NFL draft pick is... Well, this just proves that Bill Biedenboe sucks at recruiting. I'll, I'll read you word for word, word for word, a message board post that I woke up, woke up to this morning. Coach B has got to suck at recruiting or something because there's no way five stars shouldn't be begging to play for him, but instead we're stuck wondering how he can't manage to pull them in. So the spin zone from the B-haters, Steely, I... I It's kind of unfathomable, the fact that you can turn Bill Biedenboe developing a blue-chip talent into a first-round draft pick into Bill Biedenboe isn't good at recruiting. Otherwise, five stars would be beating down the door to
0: play for him. People who reside on message boards are uh, losers. That's the only way that I can describe it. I mean, not the ones on... Oh, you insider. But I mean, you've got a lot of time in your hands and you basically probably have a background in bitching if you spend a lot of time on a message board. That's all I'm saying. That's all I've got to say about that. But basically, the message boards are from day one. They they've proven one thing. People love to bitch. That should be a bumper sticker. You think we could get those? Has anybody trademarked that yet? Yeah, probably. <laughs> we could make them bumper stickers. Down, put, it, put it on the white, back of the white Buffalo, just the bumper sticker. People love to bitch.
2: I'm not sure whether I'd have that on the what? back of my car, but we could definitely sell those on the ref store.
0: Yeah, do you think, uh, let's get with Casey and Brian and see if we can do that. I don't know. The B word's probably way too strong, but I'm just saying. Look, I'm sure there's some normal people on the message boards, but social media is about the people who like to complain. There's nothing wrong with con- constructive criticism. I mean, not every five-star offensive lineman's coming to Oklahoma, but I think Bill has done a pretty good job overall, you know. Uh, And, again, I think he's developed some players. There's no doubt about that. So count me as a Bill Biedenboe fan. All right. Uh, Let's hear from Eric Gray, sooner running back. First year at Oklahoma, eh, okay for Eric Gray, not great. Second year, major improvement. I thought he ran tough. I thought he developed more moves. He was more elusive in the open field. He's certainly not a speedster. But, you know, his spin move and – uh, kind of his stutter step, I think, helped him because he couldn't seem to break away from a lot of one, one-on-one one situations his first year at running back. And, again, shared it with Kennedy Brooks quite a bit, and I get that. But last year, I think he had a really good year. Uh, I think he was the offensive MVP, and uh, I also think he's shown that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. The question is, where will Eric Gray go, what round, because I think you're going to see Uh, Marvin Mims probably goes second. Good chance that Wanya Morris also goes before Eric Gray. Here's his name called. But um, Eric Eric Gray, you know, probably going to go, my guess, on Saturday. But we shall see. Here's what Eric said the other day. Chris Plank talked to him. He certainly credits one DeMarco Murray for making him a better running back.
2: You know, DeMarco was kind of one of the main reasons that I came to Oklahoma. You know, I, I felt like him playing the game at a high level. Um, like you said, once a uh, offensive MVP, um, I felt like he could teach me a lot about being a pro, and that's exactly what he did. From day one, he taught me about, you know, you have to walk like a pro, talk like a pro. You got to be a pro each and every day because what you do outside of these doors affects what you do inside of the doors. So make sure you're a pro every single day. If you go out and run for 200 yards a week before, you got to come back on Monday like nothing's changed. You got to do it all over again because there's somebody coming, so you got to be on top every day. To, you got It's a results league. You got to produce every single day, and you got to be ready for
3: it.
0: There you go. Uh, what do you think about Eric Gray's chances to, uh, you know, play significant snaps in the NFL? What do you think he has? To, what do I think he has to do? What I do mean, you think? You know, what do you think? You think he, he he's good enough to get that done, or do you think probably not going to see a lot of a lot of action? I think as with.
2: As with so many guys at the running back position, it ultimately depends on where he lands. Because, for instance, yeah. Ramondre Stevenson was far less successful at the collegiate level than Kennedy Brooks, but he also landed in a spot in New England where he had a path to playing time, and as long as he kept – I think it also stylistically – made a lot of sense for Ramondre Stevenson to go to New England because of the type of running back that has historically had success in that New England offense. Meanwhile, Kennedy Brooks is bouncing from practice squad to practice squad and hasn't really caught on. So for Eric Gray, I think if he lands in a favorable favorable situation where he gets a team that believes in him to be a change of pace back, elevates him to number two or number three on the depth chart right off the bat, And gives him an opportunity to see the field and strut his stuff, then I think he's a guy that's going to take that opportunity and run with it. But if he goes somewhere where he's just buried on the depth chart and and also ran at the running back position, then I don't know. It kind of feels like he's one of those guys that needs opportunity in order to fully showcase his skill set at the running back position because you can't convince me that Eric Gray made that much of a jump from 2021 to 2022, for instance, uh, that he all of a sudden became a 1,300-yard back out of nowhere. We saw what he could do at Tennessee. We saw the production that he was capable of. But you want to talk about opportunity? Well, he didn't have much of one in 2021. But Kennedy Brooks graduates, moves on to the NFL. Eric Gray once again gets the opportunity to be the lead back in a backfield for Oklahoma in 2022 and all he does is rush for 1,300 yards.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was uh, he was tremendous last year, no doubt. Uh, I think he surprised a lot of Sooner fans, too, with just how he was able to uh, improve and make that next step as a back. So we'll see what happens. I would think that Marvin Mims would probably have his name called uh, sometime tonight during the coverage. I would be surprised if that didn't happen. Maybe Wanye Morris. I would think the other guys talking about Eric Gray and Jalen Redman, and uh, Braden Willis would probably be, um, you know, on Saturday. All right, here at Riverwind on a fabulous Friday. It is the weekend. We've got Sooner Baseball underway against Kansas. We have OU Softball underway against Kansas over at Marita uh, Hines Field and Dale Mitchell Park. So, uh, obviously, both those games were moved up due to the weather that's going to be rolling into the Norman area later this afternoon and on into this evening. So, uh, we'll see if the OU women – can get it done and extend their winning streak to 35 games and go to 43-1. and The Sooner men's baseball team, obviously, also had a huge sweep, maybe a season-defining sweep in Austin over Texas last week. They're 22-19. and We'll see what they can do in that matchup with Kansas uh, this weekend. And, again, they're underway right now at Mitchell Park. Break time right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. I'm here at Riverwind. Parker inside the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. We'll get to your texts coming up. Got an interesting question coming via Twitter as well. I can get to, we'll do all of that next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref. All right, we're back here at Riverwind Casino. Mike Steely, with you on a Friday. Good to have you with us. Parker back in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, 405-651-3439. On our text line, that's 405-651-3439. River Wing Casino, 2,800 electronic games plus. All the best table games as well. They've got a big-time poker room. They also have pretty much anything you're looking for in terms of uh, food and service. They've got a world-class hotel uh, attached to the casino and, again, great promotions like the new Member 7 program where uh, when you come out to Riverwind, Riverwind, if you haven't been here, get yourself a wild card. It's not going to cost you a dime. Uh, you can upgrade that wild card to a higher level, elite, premier, and all that stuff. But a basic Riverwind wild card when you get here is very important because you put that card in the machine, you can hear your name called, and win uh, all kinds of random hot seat drawings and other promotions. And, again, doesn't cost you anything. So come on out get that Riverwind wild card in the new member seven program. You can win up to $450 in one day. We've got outdoor shows uh, in terms of concerts beginning in uh, May with uh, Blue Oyster Colts and 38 Special Beats and Bites 2023 gets underway in May Get your tickets at the uh, box office or online at riverwind.com. Tickets to those shows are only $10 apiece. And then we have shows coming back to the Showplace Theater beginning in June with Earth, Wind, and Fire. We haven't had uh, concerts inside at the Showplace Theater in over three years because of the effects of the pandemic, obviously, uh, with everything being shut down for a while. So it'll be great to have some shows back at the Showplace. And uh, there's always something to do here at Riverwind Casino. That's why they are simply the best. All right, let's get to that text line, Parker Thune, 405-651-3439.
2: After listening to some of these messages, I think they need to rename the football stadium Gaylord Family, Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, home of the Karens. Seriously, people, come on.
0: Well, uh, The fans who normally, not all of them, but a lot of the fans who call in to sports talk shows and callers, have that's gone way down. Program directors will tell you, and for those of you who call, I I know you don't want to hear this, but a lot of program directors around the country started saying, don't let the inmates run the asylum, at least on the air, because a caller doesn't know how to edit him or herself. Uh In other words, it starts out with, how you doing? Good to see you. Yeah, I've lived over here, and, you know, for 18 years, and it's it's a ramble-on situation. And, look, a lot of the callers are really good, but one of the reason the text line has become so big is because, boom, you can get a question in, and you don't have to get the, hey, how you doing? Well, good, how you doing? How's the family? Good, you know, all of that stuff, which I'm not saying I'm against that. It, it, it was that way in Oklahoma radio for a long time because we all relied on callers, and believe me, Uh, I was there for the beginning of, you know, the old WWLS back in the day, back in the dawn of sports radio, you know, and I know Al started it at KTOK, but it came to, you know, I was there, Tony Sellers was there, Dale Day was there. You guys probably, if you listen long enough, know the players, but it was, we relied on phone calls. And now with social media, you know, it's changed. To put it into cinema terms,
2: do not cite the deep magic to Steely. He was there when it was written
0: that's exactly right and look we've had some really good callers over the years really good callers sean and true sooner they're really good on this station have been for a long time but you've got a few out there that all of a sudden they think they're the radio personality and those are the people that the program directors kind of wanted to go away from across the board in sports radio and, again, a few of them worked. The Phyllis on Paul Feinbaum show, Harvey Updike Jr., although crazy, you know. But there's only so many of those where you strike gold. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, that's a little bit too inside radio, but that's, that's kind of how it went down. For, that's why the text, line, the, the, the text line is amazing. It's really good. 405-651-3439.
2: Does Michael Turk get selected in
0: the late rounds of the draft? Thoughts? Probably not. I mean, usually that's going to be a free agent situation, right? Yeah,
2: I would say there's a very I, there's actually a decent chance Turk hears his name called. Generally, you'll see one, two, even three maybe punters late. taken.
0: Yeah, maybe. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, back in the day, didn't like the Arizona Cardinals select like David Lee from UCLA, a kicker in the first round? In the first round,
2: now Sebastian Janikowski. In the first round, I know Sebastian yeah, Janikowski round, was right? taken
0: in the first round. I'm trying. I'm going to Google up David Lee kicker and see if he went in the first round. I think that's right. My old man memory is usually pretty good. The recent stuff, not so good. I thought. I think that was the guy's name, David Lee, UCLA football. Go ahead, Parker. Okay. Carry on. I'm, I will try and find this.
2: Uh, I am not finding any record of a kicker named David Lee. I am finding record of a punter named David Lee who went to Louisiana Tech and later played
0: okay, for the Baltimore Colts. I it was Coles. a kicker from UCLA. UCLA kicker taking first round. Let me try that. 405-651-3439.
2: Jesse G says, I long for the days of faxing questions into Steely.
0: <laughs> uh, we did get some questions faxed back in the day. It, actually, it was pretty good. We, uh, we had uh, a lot of people who, John Lee, okay, here it is. John Lee was a kicker selected in the second round with the 32nd overall pick by the St. Louis Cardinals. Back in the day, so I missed it by one pick. It was John Lee, Korean kicker, played at UCLA, two-time All-American, selected as the first pick in the second round of the '86 draft. Can you imagine that? Even at early second round. Well, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I believe it was the '2000 draft where
2: Janikowski got picked 17th overall by the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Now I remember, Man, you know, Janikowski. I'm a Bucks fan. I can remember, I think it was 2015, where the Bucs, I'm fairly certain it was second round, 59th overall pick, where they said, we want Roberto Aguayo. He lasted three years in the NFL. He was
0: atrocious. Oh, wow. Kickers are... Uh... They get the yips too much. I mean, there are only a few Justin Tuckers out there, right? And that's why I think we'll never see anything like that again
2: because people understand. By the way, another listener pointed out Mike Nugent was a second-round pick of the Jets in 2005. Um,
0: was he Ohio State? Where was he
2: from? Yeah, Ohio State. I think
0: kickers are just far oh, if too. If they had to pick Ted Nugent, that would have been cooler. <laughs> Sorry.
2: The, k- kickers are just far too fickle to invest in an early-round draft pick on them these days because generally, Steely, the way it is, kickers have higher-stakes jobs than ever before. It used to be if you missed three field goals in a game, well, shoot, it sucks. The head coach is answering a few questions about you after the game, and they're like, okay, we just got to get his confidence back next week. I have no doubt he'll shake back. Now you miss three field goals in a game, boom. Oh, you're gone. You're out of a job. You're gone. And they're signing somebody off the the street to kick
0: for you next week. The only one who survived that recently that I could think of was uh, Mason Crosby. Uh, and he's paid his dues he missed, for I think
2: he, a decade and a half. Yeah,
0: absolutely. He missed he missed three at Cincinnati. and But, yeah, his resume is deep and long enough that he can do it, but very few kickers can. One listener pointed out Austin
2: Seibert, Oklahoma's own, was taken with a fifth-round pick in 2019 by the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think a fifth-round pick is, okay, that doesn't shock you. But if it's first round or early second round, it's kind of crazy. And think about, you know, the curse of the burrito. We, we thought that um, – oh my gosh, I'm blanking on uh, – Gabe Burkich The kicker. Gabe Burkich yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, old man issues. We thought he was going to be in the conversation for greatest sooner kicker of all time. And overall, he still was pretty good. But because of the curse of the burrito the bur- 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 burrito, and getting the yips, he's not in that conversation anymore. He just had a solid career at OU. So, yeah, kickers can get the yips very easily. There's no doubt. All right. Break time right here. Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. Joined by Brandon Drum to talk sooner recruiting. OU Insider 247 Sports. Coming up next, he'll join us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline when we get back right here on The Ref. Brandon Drum, ladies and gentlemen, OUinsider.com and uh, 247 Sports, joining us here on this Friday from Riverwind Casino right here on The Ref. By the way, quick update, women's softball. Back-to-back-to-back home runs from Grace Lyons, Elisa Brito, and Kenzie Hansen. The Sooner women lead Kansas 3 to nothing early in that matchup over at Marina Hines Field. And in baseball action over at Mitchell Park, they are through three innings at Mitchell Park. And Kansas uh, leading Oklahoma so far by a score of 2 to nothing. Brandon Drum joining us. And, uh, Brandon, it's been a busy time for recruiting for OU here uh In the last week, we talked about Isaiah Autry last week, and now the Sooners keep adding uh, players to this class. And, again, we look at uh, Zion Kearney committing a couple days ago, Jaden Hardy also. Uh, We talked Mm -hmm. about Isaiah Autry last Friday, that that was going to happen. And then uh, you throw Brennan Mm -hmm. Thompson in coming through the portal. What about what's happened in the last week or so for OU? Yeah, Emma Jones is pretty good
4: at uh, recruiting, huh? Like having a guy, not bad. Yeah, he's coming. A guy come in, having a guy come in in January. He landed Andrew Anthony right off the bat, and that was somebody that everybody wanted out of the portal because he had flashed at Michigan at times. Obviously, injuries had uh, held him back a little bit, but he was somebody with his length, his speed that everybody wanted in Oklahoma. Emma Jones shows up at Oklahoma and. Lo and behold, that's where he ends up. And then you, you watch how he's recruiting with K.J. Daniels at Louisiana, um, with obviously Zion Kearney, with Brennan Thompson, and he's not done. Like Monday, we're expecting some movement in the 2025 class regarding the wide receiver position, and it's an elite wide receiver in the 2025 class. So, And I was talking to somebody last night, that literally told me that Andrew Marsh out of Houston, they would be utterly shocked if he ended up anywhere other than Oklahoma and then maybe one other place. And so uh, it, what, what Emmett Jones is doing right now is just ridiculous on the recruiting trail. And then when you add, obviously, Isaiah Autry to it, the length, he's a, he's a legit offensive tackle with great athleticism. Obviously, he's a quasi-legacy, being Marcus Dupree's cousin, um, so there's there's a ton of stuff to like what Oklahoma's doing on the recruiting trail, and May may be a little bit of a uh, I don't want to say a slow period, but I don't think it's going to be one of those times that everybody goes Oh well, yeah, I think obviously I think it's going to be a time where people are going to start griping because it's like well we haven't had a commitment in a month and blah blah blah. And they just wait till June and July, and everybody will be satisfied. Uh, Parker and I kind of predicted that on our. YouTube live the other day. I think he took How many did you say? Seventeen, right? And I think I said eighteen between the two months. Is that how that went, or twenty, twenty something? I can't remember the exact numbers, Parker.
2: I think what I projected, and like I, you know, like you mentioned, you said something similar, is that the sooner should be around twenty total commits by the end yeah. of the month of July. And uh, Brandon, I. I think we just – I'd love to set the record straight. I'd love you to weigh in here because I can't believe this is a conversation, but yet it is in the aftermath of last night's happenings. What does Anton Harrison being selected in the first round by the Jacksonville Jaguars say about Bill Biedenbow as an offensive line coach?
4: So I'm assuming you're going off of – there's still a fandom, a portion of the fandom that – uh, thinks that the offensive line hasn't been what it used to be. And uh, number one to your question is <laughs> it finally gets kind of the monkey off of his back. He got the first rounder. See, I, I, for some reason last night, I was sitting there thinking Cody Ford was a late first runner. But he was an early second round pick. Um, but he's in, and, and obviously you all he have Creed Humphrey who was picked and Orlando Brown. And I mean, he's had uh, just a horde of, offensive lineman picked over the last, what, five or six years. Uh, he's produced a couple of uh, all pros. Uh, I mean, look, he's, he's one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. I don't, I don't understand this. Like, not every year are you going to have the best offensive line in college football. But just because it's not elite in the best doesn't mean it's not good Oklahoma averaged 272 yards, a, uh, or 215 yards, excuse me, a game last year rushing. That is awesome. They averaged 200, I think it was like 57 yards passing. That's a heck of a stat line, and it all starts up front. So that doesn't take place if, you know, the offensive line isn't somewhat decent, and they have guys, again, Like Guyton, they think Guyton could end up being better than Anton Harrison. They think he could be one of the best to ever come through Oklahoma, at least physically and talent-wise. Now he's got to produce on the field, but they say his upside may be the best of all time that they've coached. And that's saying something considering everything that he's produced over the last, you know, six, seven years. So, uh, Parker, I don't get it. I don't get the the hate at times for Bill Biedenboe, but each and every year he he has a couple guys drafted – and then they show up on the uh, NFL rosters, and a lot of times they end up starting. So uh, he's doing something right for for uh, NFL teams to keep coming back over and over and over and picking his guys. All
0: right, we talked a little bit earlier. Oklahoma obviously is trending upward in the national <laughs> rankings. Last year, Brandon, the Sooners finished fourth, uh, you know, with their recruiting class. And a big part of that is, you know, Hitting some home runs with those five stars. You get uh, the two kids, obviously Jackson Arnold, Peyton Bowen from Denton Geyer, and then you add to the mix P.J. Adebore, uh out of the Kansas City area. Uh, five stars are, you know, they they push that class way up, obviously, and it looks like mm-hmm. the Sooners, at least right now, Brian Wesco, David Stone, Williams nguyen uh all good players. Possibilities for Oklahoma. There's a lot of work uh, left in terms of, of getting them to Oklahoma. But what do you think the chances are the Sooners get three, five stars again in this in this coming class? I think uh, if, if there was a betting line, I think it would be push right now on that
4: number because um, I think that's kind of where you're going to set the line for where they stand with a lot of these guys. Uh, obviously, they're in with Kobe Black, five-star defensive back. They were just down seeing him. I expect Oklahoma to get an official visit from Kobe Black out of Waco, Conley,
1: Te- Conley High
4: School. Uh, Dominique uh, McKinley out of Louisiana, uh, five-star defensive tackle. Oklahoma was one of the first, if not the first, big P5 program to go after him. His relationship with Todd Bates, his relationship with Brent Venables, Miguel Chavis is really, really good. and He'll even tell you they – They told him he was going to blow up and be that good. And, you know, at the time, he wasn't thinking he was on that level. He was shocked that Oklahoma was one of his first offers. Uh, He visited Oklahoma back in January, and he will be back again for an official visit June 16th through the 18th when the Champion Barbecue takes place. So that's another guy that Oklahoma's in a really good spot with as far as a decent chance. Now, obviously, pulling a guy out of Louisiana is hard but Oklahoma at least has a puncher's chance there to to land him as well. And then you add Sammy Brown to the equation, a uh, five-star linebacker out of George Jefferson, Georgia. Georgia and Clemson are the top two, but right there after his last unofficial visit to Oklahoma where he calls it the best visit he's taken by far and it wasn't close. Uh, I think Oklahoma has set themselves up to at least, you know, make it interesting. Now, I don't think fans should get all excited about that because I find it hard-pressed for him to leave Georgia or Clemson. He grew, he's, Jefferson, Georgia, is 15 minutes from Athens. It's 45 minutes from Clemson. So there's not a lot of distance, and his uncle is a cheer coach at Clemson. So he's got a lot of connections there. Obviously the connection to Venables and that staff is, runs deep. His uh, dad was recruited by Ted Roof out of high school, so that connection also runs deep. So Oklahoma, has a chance; they have chances with a couple of extra five stars, but if I was going to set the number, I would say three, and I think you named the three that Oklahoma has the best chance to land.
2: Brandon, before we let you go here, uh, need to get your thoughts on a couple of t- sooner defensive backs in the transfer portal over the last 24 hours, Jamarian Burt and Damon Harmon both on mm-hmm. their way out. When you look at the big picture in the Oklahoma secondary, what conclusions can you draw from the loss of these two guys? Depth. I mean,
4: just shows you how deep they are. Jamarian Burt was a guy, when you talk to people around the program, they're like, man, he has a huge upside, but he was struggling to pick up, pick it up mentally. And so that mental, uh, if those mental issues kind of pushed him back on the depth chart. And then when you add them on Harmon, he moved a corner for a little bit during the spring when they struggled with injuries at the corner position, he moved to uh, back to safety and then back to corner and then back to safety. I mean, it was, it was musical chairs for him this spring. And I think he's, he's struggling to find himself. And I think at the end of the day with Oklahoma bringing in what they've got coming in, uh, this summer, what they brought in in January early in release, what they brought in as far as transfer portal goes, I think they felt like they were in a better position than ever at safety and that they needed to kind of cut some, I guess, cut some bait a little bit, I guess for lack of better term. Um, and, and I think both sides, both parties agreed that it was best to move on. So I don't think it was Oklahoma like processing or anything. I just think both sides agreed. Uh, And it opens Oklahoma up to continue to look in the portal for defensive linemen, for offensive linemen, for cornerbacks and wide receivers as they they, uh, go through the summer. And I think that's something they'll do.
0: Brandon, thanks. We appreciate it. We'll talk again next Friday. All right. Thank you all. Brandon Drum, OU Insider, joining us every Friday here on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right, break time right here. Mike Steeley, Parker Thune, one more segment. We'll get locked in coming up at 2 o'clock right here on the ref. Guess what? More Sooner Football conversation. Lots of it. 405-651-3439. Nothing wrong with a Zeppelin bumper. I always approve of a Zeppelin bumper. All right, here at Riverwind with one more segment to go. Keep it here on the home of Sooner fans. All right, headed down the stretch here on uh, the program here on this Friday at Riverwind Casino. Why not Riverwind for a Friday night? Come out here and win a nice jackpot. They gave away over $30 million last month pretty good pretty pretty good come get your share have a great meal at chips and ales pub restaurant head over to the river buffet for steak night you've got a great food court here i mean the the choices of the food court are pretty good too you've got a panda express you got a burger king you have a, a taco bueno and you have an ihop that covers every food group pretty much right there right i think so And, uh, of course, we have over 2,800 electronic games out here, all your favorite table games as well, poker, blackjack, roulette, anything you can think of, they have it here. Off-track betting at Riverwind, big-time poker room. It is uh, always a great time, always the best promotions as well, best bars and dining and best service here at Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Uh, Parker, I want to answer a question real quick off Twitter if I can. Okay. uh, Before we get to the text line. From Alex for OU Steely, heard a couple buddies of yours talking about their all-time starting five for OU basketball in games that they have seen only or in games or like teams. My guess would be like players that they've seen play Um, would be my guess is what Alex is getting at. Um, All-time starting five for me, and keep in mind, I'm old, so I go back to I actually got to see Alvin Adams play for a season, so I would go with – in the backcourt, uh, and I know basketball is becoming more positionless than ever, but um, certainly at the NBA level, Trey Young, Buddy Heald in the backcourt, uh, Blake Griffin, Wayman Tisdale, Alvin Adams would be my starting five. And then, I, like, I could, man, it's hard, but I could even go with a second five because there's so many other choices. Um, and then let's say coming off the bench, and you know, saying bench with these names doesn't feel quite right. But um, how about Mookie Blaylock, um, Hollis Price, Stacy King, Harvey Grant from the Billy Days, and um, I don't know, maybe some of a lot of years in the NBA. That's, that's what I'd go with. But definitely uh, Trey Young, Buddy Heald, uh, Blake Griffin, Wayman, Tisdale, Alvin Adams would be the starting five. Uh, Parker, do we have time for uh, – let's try and get as many texts in as we can. We've got a few minutes here.
2: Uh, from the 405, kickers are only as good as their most recent burrito. Going back to the Gabe Burkett's conversation. Several yeah. texters – and I was I was yeah. going to bring him up. glad to know several texters were on the same page as me. Eduardo
0: Nahara. Eduardo's up there. I don't know that I, I mean, who are you going to put him above on that second team though? If you're going, if you're going by, you know, positions also with let's say two guards, Mookie and Hollis Price, uh, you know, there are guys like Corey Brewer. I I love Corey Brewer. I love Eduardo Nahara. And he would definitely be, if you're filling out 15 guys, uh, I'm putting Eduardo on there. Um, because he was just so hard-nosed. I still remember the collision between he and uh, who was the point guard for Michigan State back in the day. Oh, my gosh. old man. I can see him right now. They had the collision, played for the Flintstones with Morris Peterson and that group, and I can't remember his name. This is so bad. I need to go see a neurologist. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on,
2: hang on. I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to help you out here. Say this say this. Yep. So the Flintstones?
0: Yes, because they were all from Flint, Michigan. So that Michigan State team, they were known as the Flintstones. They won what the national is championship this? in 2000. This is the, uh, the two thousand. Mateen Yes, Mateen Cleves, my gosh. Good lord. I right. does anybody know a neurologist? Of course. We tried to get in to see one with my wife recently, and it takes, like, forever. I mean, if you got a neurological problem, good luck. Yeah, we can get you in in about six months, maybe. So, anyway. Yeah, Mateen Cleaves. Mateen Cleaves. That was a heck of a Michigan State team. All right, talk about hard nose though. Kelvin's team's against a uh, Tom Izzo team. Yeah, you could expect a collision. You okay. want to, uh, you want uh, one re- or
2: two more in. You want to rejoice in the Longhorns' misery, real quick.
0: Absolutely, yes. Huge. I'd rather have mule shoe misery one than Longhorns' misery two.
2: Five-star Texas basketball commit Ron Holland just decommitted mm-hmm. from the University of Texas.
0: There you go. They just got Max Aismas the other day in the portal. Yeah, Obviously, they did. Obviously, the Horns did from uh, ORU. That's pretty tragic. Uh, but any, I, you know, is it really the level of when I am thinking about I'd rather have the demise of USC over Texas, that's something and I just – Things change, but I think I'm rooting for more misery for USC football than I am for Texas football right now. But that's basketball-related, so there you go. Okay, got to get out of here. Parker, hope you enjoy your relaxing weekend. You've only got another hour, and uh, you're going to get locked in. Of course, with Tyler McComas, it's not like they're going into one of those escape rooms. They get locked in every day at 2 o'clock. Locked in on OU football right here on the ref i hope you guys and ladies have a great weekend as well I want to thank the one and only riverwind casino colin reed of course the great gm justin and everybody for making it easy as always here at riverwind casino have a fabulous friday a wonderful weekend we'll see you